0: You're listening to Raven Radio, KCAW Sitka. Today is Tuesday, January 3rd, 2023. I'm Erin Fulton with Raven News. As we ring in 2023, it's time to reflect on the year that was and look forward to what's ahead. On Friday, Raven News brought you our annual year in review, highlighting all of the big stories from Sitka throughout 2022, from our record-breaking cruise year to rumblings below Mount Edgecombe that made headlines last year. Today, we bring you a look back at the year in Ketchikan, Petersburg, and Wrangell.
1: In Wrangell, I'm Sage Smiley. This year continued the slow move to new phases of normalcy as the residents of Wrangell Island lived through the third year of the COVID-19 pandemic. It was a year of returning traditions like the community holiday potluck and the library magic show. It was also a year of many firsts. Wrangell's first recorded blood drive, the first flight of a new commuter air service to town. The high school cross country team won Wrangell's first team state title since 1995. More than 2% of the island's population helped bring the first community musical in more than two decades to the Nolan Center stage. Shoes designed by Wrangell students to show their hometown pride won national acclaim and $15,000 for their art program after a public vote landed the shoes in the top five of a national contest. As the borough government moved to course-correct years of making do with Wrangell's infrastructure, residents saw rate hikes to every utility in town, from water and sewer to cemetery fees. Wrangell's interim borough manager was hired on for the long haul, and together with newly elected Mayor Patty Gilbert, oversaw investment strategy changes and increased communication about borough project progress. Seeking to bolster the island's economic development, the borough government purchased Wrangell's former mill site, one of the few remaining undeveloped deepwater ports in southeast Alaska. Community brainstorms for what to do with the site range from developing a regional recycling facility to expanding Wrangell's Marine Service Center and boatyard. A crew of researchers and artists set out from Wrangell this year to try and find one of the deadliest shipwrecks in Alaska history, and think they found it. The New Wrangell Mariner's Memorial received its first plaques after years in the making. The victims of the shipwreck, the Star of Bengal, are some of the many people remembered at the recently dedicated memorial. Another memorial, a scholarship in memory of two Wrangell siblings who died in a car accident a few years ago, awarded its first scholarships this year. As 2022 comes to a close, its highs and lows, openings and closings, endings and beginnings also set the groundwork for the coming year. On the packed table for Wrangell in 2023, there's anticipated and much-needed housing development, an expanded trail system, and even the potential arrival of the island's first electric school bus. Happy New Year, Wrangell. I'm Sage Smiley.
2: In Petersburg, I'm Rachel Cassandra with our look back at 2022. Petersburg's year started with very heavy snowfall. School district buildings sustained major damages of $245,000. Municipal workers spent days and nights removing feet of snow from roadways. School was closed at the middle and high schools, while dozens of volunteers helped shovel the roofs. The heavy load damaged the middle and high school roof, and some of the resulting leaks didn't get fixed until the summer. Heavy snow also damaged buildings at Whale Pass on Prince of Wales Island. Petersburg eased COVID restrictions in town. In January, the borough ended the mask mandate. Indoor social events also revved up to their former sizes. Petersburg theater group the Mitkoff Mummers had their first full audience show since before the pandemic. It was a mashup of The Wizard of Oz and Alice in Wonderland called Dorothy in Wonderland. Petersburg also held its first Sitka Festival dedicated to cultural awareness and uplifting indigenous residents. Administrators at Petersburg schools noticed an uptick in e-cigarette use this fall, also known as vaping. Some of that may be due to increased stress for teens in the wake of COVID. The school worked with outside organizations to rewrite school nicotine use policy and to shift response from suspension to addiction education. Petersburg borough elections in October also brought two new assembly members. Donna Marsh and Scott Newman both disagreed with how the borough handled its COVID response. Newman says he wants to help bring the community together post-COVID, and Marsh says she wants to bring a conservative perspective to the Assembly. Petersburg's Borough Assembly formed task forces to address both the childcare and housing crises. By the end of the year, the Early Childhood Education Task Force proposed and received funding for an incentive program for early childhood educators. It will pay educators for their own continuing education in the field. The borough increased pay for police officers and dispatchers to help with hiring and retention, and Petersburg got a new electronic fingerprint machine which will help with hiring processes in town. The new Petersburg Medical Center received $28 million in federal funding. That money is going toward the first phase of the project, getting a site ready for construction. The hospital is working with an architecture firm now for final site selection, which will need to be approved by the borough assembly. The 110-foot U.S. Coast Guard cutter Anna Kappa left Petersburg after 32 years. It conducted fisheries, law enforcement, rescues, and patrols in southeast Alaska. It was replaced in June by a newer but smaller vessel, the 87-foot Pike, which was built in 2005. The new ship holds seven fewer crew members. Halloween brought a landslide to Petersburg, which knocked out a SEPA utility pole and left some residents without electricity for days. The landslide took out power lines, a telephone line, and two fiber optic cables. Power and Light worked with SEPA, Public Works, and local construction companies around the clock to restore power. Winter in Petersburg started with an early surge in viruses, keeping many kids and teachers out sick. But students also got a few sports accolades to round out the year. Two swimmers in the Viking Swim Club broke records that go back 50 years, 10-year-old Tori Miller and 8-year-old Jackson Zweifel. The high school wrestling team came in first at the state tournament for Division II schools, and senior Kyle Biggers was state champion for his weight class. Reporting in Petersburg, with help from Angela Denning, I'm Rachel Cassandra.
3: In Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. It was a year of new faces here in Alaska's first city. Ketchikan Indian community elected a new president, Trixie Bennett, in January. She pledged to increase access to traditional foods. Later in the year, the tribe notched a major victory when an advisory council advanced a measure that would open federal subsistence hunts and fisheries to Ketchikan residents. Ketchikan School District also got a new leader in Superintendent Michael Robbins in mid-February. The City of Ketchikan hired a number of new department heads, including a new police chief, a new fire chief, and a new ports and harbors director, not to mention a new city manager. And it wasn't just new faces in leadership. As the COVID-19 pandemic faded, cruise ships returned in force after an anemic 2021. Tourists swarmed Ketchikan's downtown berths and the private dock north of town in Ward Cove. One of those cruises reunited a former refugee from Vietnam and the Ketchikan man who secured his family a home in the U.S. It had been 44 years since Mike Harpole granted humanitarian refugee status to Novo and his family with no real authority to do so. Some other new faces arrived from Prince Rupert, British Columbia after the Alaska Marine Highway System resumed service to the Canadian port city in June. Ketchikan residents seized the opportunity to road trip through Canada at the lower 48. And still more new faces arrived on the new Coast Guard cutter Douglas Denman, which officially entered service in September after a ceremony in Ketchikan. The retired ferry Malaspina got a new home this year at Ward Cove, where it'll be turned into a museum and education center. It's also housing a couple of new faces, refugees who fled the war in Ukraine. One new face that many Ketchikan residents met this year is Luna. She's a drag queen who read a story to dozens of enthusiastic children at the Ketchikan Public Library to celebrate Pride Month. But the lead-up to the event was marked by controversy. After hours of acrimonious debate at City Hall and elsewhere, Ketchikan's city council voted 5-2 to two to allow the event to go forward. And it was a hit. The library had to hold three readings to accommodate everyone who wanted to come. The fallout continued into the autumn as a ballot initiative filed shortly before the event threatened to cut off borough funding for the library. Voters outside city limits, though, defeated the measure in October by about 250 votes after an intense and sometimes bitter campaign. Voters also returned Ketchikan Gateway Borough Mayor Rodney Dial to office for a second three-year term, along with every other incumbent who ran for re-election. But that's not to say that local government stayed the same. Because of some elected officials' decisions not to seek new terms, there are quite a few new faces on Ketchikan City Council, Borough Assembly, and Board of Education. As the economy revved back to life, many Ketchikan residents were forced to reckon with a tight, expensive housing market. Businesses say it's impeding growth, and some residents have been forced to leave their longtime homes. There has been some progress in alleviating the crunch. A package of reforms aimed at making neighborhoods denser past the borough assembly, and a slate of new home sites from the Alaska Mental Health Trust in the Clover Pass area is expected to hit the market late next year. But it's clear the housing crisis is far from over. So here's to a new year, and uh, maybe some new houses. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone.
0: That was KRBD reporter Eric Stone, KFSK's Rachel Cassandra, and KSTK's Sage Smiley in Wrangell, with a look back in 2022 in Ketchikan, Petersburg, and Wrangell. Taking a look at the community calendar. Sprouts, a free preschool program for children aged 3 to 5 and their parents, is at 10.30 a.m. Tuesdays at the Sitka Sound Science Center through April. Each session begins with a story, followed by hands-on crafts and activities related to the story's theme. For more information, call 747-8878. Sitka Library Commission meets at 6 p.m. today at Harrigan Centennial Hall, and the Ocean Wave Quilters meets at 7 p.m. at United Methodist Church. I'm Erin Fulton, and this has been Raven News.